0: Go with me to 1 John chapter 4, verse 16. 1 John chapter 4, verse 16. We're talking about the love of God tonight. And if you've been uh, connected with us at Faith in the Morning this month, you've heard us share a lot of things about God's love this month. Faith in the Morning is our daily podcast, it's a daily devotional that I release in audio and video form. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on YouTube, on our Faith Christian Center channel, on Demand and Faith Plus, you can find it on the app. I encourage you to listen to it. It helps you start your day with faith and encouragement. So we're gonna pick up with some training of thoughts we're sharing this morning, earlier this week on Faith in the Morning. And we're gonna look at 1 John chapter 4, verse 16. 1 John chapter 4, verse 16. I'm gonna read it from the Amplified Classic Edition. It says, And we know, understand, recognize, are conscious of by observation and by experience and believe adhere to and put faith in and rely on the love God cherishes for us. God is love, and he who dwells and continues in love dwells and continues in God, and God dwells and continues in him. I'm going to read that first part again. So we know, understand, recognize, are conscious of by observation and by experience and believe adhere to and put faith in and rely on the love God cherishes for us. So let's break down the scripture because we can say, yep, 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 yeah, I know. I believe God's love for me blah, blah, blah. But one of the things I found out is that a lot of Christians, you know, they mentally know it, but they don't let it go down deep enough to affect their expectations, affect their decisions and impact their everyday life. And so that's what we've been doing on Faith in the Morning. We're doing tonight's message is to dive deep into the love of God to the point that it affects the way you think. It affects what you expect in life. It even affects and impacts the decisions you make. So what leads to understanding? What leads to understanding? Now, when we understand anything in school, how do we grow in understanding? How do we do that? Someone's teaching you and a part of learning is rehearsing or another way we can say another scripture world is meditation meditation now what does it mean to meditate it means to think going again and again and again It means to say it means to imagine it means to ponder with the mind and turn it over in your mind again and again and so if we want to understand god's love we have to learn about it and that's what we're doing tonight on faith and morning we are learning about God's love but also what else are we doing we have to meditate on which means we have to think about God's love for us not just on Sunday not just on Wednesday but every day and throughout the day and consider how great God's love is for us so the first word there is understand the next word is recognize how do you recognize it well just like you recognize anything you have to identify it you have to identify it because if you don't identify you don't know that it's there or here's another example have you ever been looking for a new car and you're studying the car you're researching it and so you have this car picked out in your mind what you're thinking about buying thinking about leasing whatever you're planning to do and all of a sudden when you're out driving going places you see that car Everywhere you see it so often you might think, "Man, did they just mass-produce a whole bunch of these cars? Why are there so many cars out there? How did that happen? What happened? Did a lot of new cars just suddenly pull off the lot because you wanted one? No. what happened? You're now focused on it. You've identified it so wherever you go, you recognize it. It's the same with the love of God. You first have to identify it. So let's see how the scripture identifies it. First John chapter four, verse nine. First John chapter four, verse nine says, and this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Here in his love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and he sent his son To be the propitiation for our sins. Propitiation means atoning sacrifice. Meaning Jesus took our place. Verse 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we are also to love one another. So how do we first recognize the love of God? God sent Jesus for us that we might live through him. And that he might be the propitiation of our sins. He might be the atoning sacrifice. He he would take our place. He would pay for our sins. He'd pay for our iniquities. He'd pay for our mistakes. He'd pay for our shortcomings and our wrongdoings. He paid the price. And if he paid the price, you don't have to pay for it. Just imagine if you went out to dinner and someone paid the whole meal and the tip. There's nothing left for you to pay. Let's say you're going out shopping and someone says, hey, I just want to bless you. I'm going to buy all that for you. There's nothing left for you to pay. It's the same one with your sins. There's nothing left for you to pay. Why? Jesus paid the price. And that's the love of God towards us. He sent Jesus that we might live through him and that Jesus may pay the price for all of our sins. Look at Romans chapter eight with me. Go to Romans chapter eight, verse 31. Let's identify it. Let's recognize it. Romans chapter eight, verse 31. It says, what shall we say then to these things? What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Another way to say this is when God gave you Jesus, he gave you everything. Because what's everything else compared to Jesus? What's everything else compared to living through Jesus? What's everything else with your sins being washed away and being paid for? Everything else pales in comparison. So when God gave you Jesus, he gave you everything. Everything includes wisdom, strength, help, peace, healing, provision, insight. Whatever you need, God gave it to you in Jesus. Jesus has made into his righteousness, wisdom, and sanctification. In Jesus, we receive everything we need also the scripture tells, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things, what things he was talking about. He was talking about food. He was talking about clothing, about implication, where you live, what you need in this everyday life. God said, I know you need those things. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. And notice it didn't say added to a point. And once you hit this level, God's not going to add it anything else to you. No, it'll keep being added. You keep seeking first, it'll keep being added. He didn't put a limit on it. You know, when you think about this, you just understand that there's so many things God wants to do simply because He loves you. You know, looking at what He said in Matthew six, the same thing in Luke twelve. It says, "Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom." He wants you to give give you the kingdom. God, His mode of operation, His power, how He does what He does. He wants to give it to you. It makes Him happy. It makes Him happy to bless you and makes them happy to give you wonderful things. Think about it on Christmas Day, if you got little kids, they really want this toy. Now you know that toy's not gonna last forever. That toy may barely last Christmas Day. But you know how much your kids are going to enjoy it. So you may even stand in long lines to get it. Now that might've been the old way, you might've searched Amazon in the summer for it, and on Christmas Day you give it to them, and they're so happy, they're playing with it, and they're enjoying it, and it's brought joy to your heart, why? It was a gift that you knew they were enjoy. It gave you happiness and pleasure to give them the gift. And if that's how we are as earthly parents, how much more is our heavenly father? And another scripture says in 1 Timothy 6, 17, charge them that are rich in this world. That's a good place for you to put in the chat. That's me. That they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches. So don't put your trust or your faith in money. But in the living God, put your trust Your faith in the living God, we'll talk about in a moment, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Why does God give you things? First things we say, well, because when you have needs, he gives us things to meet our needs. Because the Bible says he supplies all our needs according to his riches and glory. It does say that. But that does not say that's why God gives you things. Simply, he gives you things because you enjoy it. The same reason you want to bless your children. Because they'll enjoy it. What is the root of that? Love. When he gave you Jesus, he gave you everything, and he richly gives you all things to enjoy. When he gave you Jesus, he gave you everything. So now that next word in 1 John 4, 16, let's go look at that again. And we know, understand, recognize, and are conscious of in your everyday life. Are you conscious of the love of God? What are you conscious of? Because there's a lot of things we're conscious of. There's a lot of things people are unconscious of or unaware of. Are you conscious of the love of God? How do you become conscious of that? You start looking for it. How often are you looking for manifestations of God's love in your life? Are you looking for it? What are you conscious of? What are you aware of? What are you looking for? Are you looking at all for the love of God to manifest in your life? Or you just still expecting bad things to come in threes? Still expecting whatever bad things are going on in the world? Still expecting to have whatever goes on in the world in your life, in your house, in your family? Or are you actively looking for the manifestation of God's love? That when you're waking up in the morning, it's like, yeah, something good is going to happen. Why? God loves me. Oh, I'm expecting miracles. Why? God loves me. This might be the day where the thing, I have that breakthrough I need, that good that I need. It just turned around. Why? Because God lo- loves me. I'm actively looking for things to turn, for things to change on the simple fact that God loves me. Go ahead and put that in the chat and say it out loud. Say, God loves me. Come on, say it again. Say, God loves me. You are also conscious of the love of God by consistently acknowledging it. Well, how do you acknowledge it? You just did it. You say, God loves me. That's how you acknowledge it. You know, John 17, when Jesus prayed, he took it even further. And when he was praying, he says that you've loved them as much as you love me. So here's something else you can say and put in the chat. Say, God loves me. As much as he loves Jesus. Go ahead and say that again. Say, God loves me as much as he loves Jesus. One more time. Say, God loves me as much as he loves Jesus. You say that throughout the day. You say it when you wake up. You say it at lunch. You say it before you go to bed. You say it at different times throughout the day. You talk about how much God loves you. You sing songs about God's love for you. As you do that, you will be more conscious of his love. Let's go to Psalm 103. So we want to understand it. We want to recognize it. We want to be conscious of it. And we said you become conscious of it by consistently acknowledging it and by looking for it. Now you observe it from the word and from life. So as you go through the word, you're looking for how the Bible says God manifests his love. And then you look for it to happen in your everyday life. You're becoming aware of it. You're observing it. Now let's go to Psalm 103 verse eight. It says, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous or abundant in mercy. Verse 11 says, for as the heaven is high above the earth, So great is his mercy toward them that fear or reference him. How great and how high the heaven is above the earth. That's how great is his mercy toward those who reference him. Anybody reverence God? I know you do. So let's look at this phrase. Because early in Psalm 103, when it talks about the benefits that we have of serving him, he crowns our life. He surrounds our life. With loving kindness. You are surrounded by loving kindness. Another translation of the word is mercy. You are surrounded by mercy. You are surrounded by God's loving kindness. We know, we know Psalm 23, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Here's another way to look at it in the Psalms. His loving kindness surrounds you. Everywhere you go, you're enveloped by God's mercy. You're enveloped by his loving kindness. This word for mercy is also translated, as I said, loving kindness, steadfast love, and unfailing love. This word for mercy is also translated loving kindness, steadfast love, and unfailing love. It's the Hebrew word hased. Now, God's Hased is the idea of faithful love in action. God's hased is the idea of faithful love and action. And it often refers in the Old Testament to God's loving kindness expressed in his covenant relationship with Israel. I'll say it all again. God's hased denotes persistent and unconditional tenderness, kindness, and mercy. A relationship in which he seeks after man with love and mercy. God's hased is the idea of faithful love in action. And often in the Old Testament, refers to God's loving kindness expressed in his covenant relationship with Israel. God's Hassed denotes persistent and unconditional tenderness, kindness, and mercy. It's a relationship and when she seeks after man with love and mercy. It is a covenant love with obligation, generosity, loyalty. This word shows God's strength, his steadfastness, and his love. I'm going to read it all again just so we can meditate on it tonight. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. And remember, he crowns our life, surrounds our life with loving kindness or tender mercy. said is mercy, loving kindness, steadfast love, and unfailing love. God's said is the idea of faithful love in action. And often the Old Testament refers to God's loving kindness expressed in his covenant relationship with Israel. God's said denotes persistent and unconditional tenderness, kindness, and mercy. It's a relationship in which he seeks after man with love and mercy. It is covenant love with obligation, generosity, loyalty. This word shows God's strength, his steadfast and his love. Another thing about this love, you can translate it as and think about it this way. God is determined to bless you. God is determined to bless you because it's persistent and unconditional tenderness. Is He seeking after you, even when you weren't seeking after Him. Come on, that's another thing to put in the chat. Say, God is determined to bless me. Come on, say, God is determined to bless me. God wants to bless you more than you wanna be blessed. So I don't know, pastor, I really wanna be blessed. No, God wants to bless you more than you wanna be blessed. It's part of His love. It's part of who He is, it's His said. It's his care for you. You're in covenant with him. You have a new covenant. You're part of the New Testament. You have a covenant that's better than the old covenant. The old covenant has said in it, your new covenant's better. It has more, includes more, has all the good of the old and all the good of the new. God is determined to bless you. Now, here's one of the keys of experience it. That's why we've been going over it. You got to recognize it. You got to become conscious of it. You got to understand it. You have to observe it. Go to Psalm 52, verse eight. Psalm 52, verse 8. Psalm 52, verse 8. I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. Psalm 52, verse 8. It says, But I am like an olive tree, thriving in the house of God. I always trust in God's faith and love. I like that. Let me read it again but I am like an olive tree thriving in the house of God. I will always trust in God's unfailing love. Say that with me. Say, I will always trust in God's unfailing love. Say it again. Say, I will always trust in God's unfailing love. Come on, say it with me again. If you haven't put it in the chat, put it in the chat. Say, I will always trust in God's unfailing love. If you're in the room with someone, someone's watching with you, go ahead and look at them and tell them, I will always trust in God's unfailing love. See, that's the key of how you experience it. When all this stuff goes on in the world, when it seems like circumstances and situations and drama and trauma and all this stuff is piling up everywhere, you remember. You're surrounded by God's said. You're surrounded by God's love. You're surrounded by God's mercy. And you make a decision to trust in the love surrounding you than the drama that's surrounding you. You make a decision to trust in God's said that surrounds you more than the circumstances that are surrounding you. It reminds me of the story of Elisha and the, his minister who was with them. They are They were traveling and a king sent an army to get the prophet of God because the prophet was telling Israel the secrets of how they were planning to attack. attack. and the minister, his assistant pastor woke up in the morning. He didn't have a chance to check Instagram Man, He goes outside to get some water. He's getting the sleep out of his eyes and he looks up and he sees that this city is surrounded by enemy army coming to take this prophet. And he runs back to Elisha and says, we're undone. This faith stuff has got us in trouble. There's an army outside. And Elisha prays this simple prayer, Lord, let them see. Open his eyes that he may see. And he realized that there were more with Elisha than there were against them. You see, although Elisha was surrounded by enemy army, there was a greater surrounding. It was the angels of the Lord of hosts. That yes, it may seem like you're surrounded and your circumstances, your situations, your problems, the drama, the trauma, what you're going through, what's on your plate seems so big and so consuming, but I wanna let you know there's something greater surrounding you. There's something bigger surrounding you. There's something deeper surrounding you. There's something stronger surrounding you. It is the love of God. It is the mercy of God. It is God's has said. It's his unconditional tenderness. It's God's determination to bless you. It's his steadfast love. It's his unfailing love. So always trust in his love. Always trust in his dedication and his determination to bless you. Don't be caught up in the drama and the circumstance, and the situation. Trust in God's unfailing love. Say it with me again. Say, I will always trust in God's unfailing love. You see, we build our faith in his love by his word. Why? The Bible says faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And so tonight, your faith in God's love for you has been built. So we build our faith in his love by his word. We grow in our experience of his love through acknowledgement, which we talked about that consistently acknowledging his love and through relationship, through your daily talking to him, your prayer time, times of praise and worship. Now we talked about this earlier this week on faith in the morning. If you just take some time and sit down quietly and say, God, I love you. You know what? If you pause and listen, do you know what he'll say? I love you. It's really that simple. See, what are you doing? It's relationship. You're acknowledging it. You're building your relationship. The more you sing about God's love for you and you sing your love to him, the more you experience God's love in your life. You may even encounter the singing of the Lord. You know the scripture tells us that God sings over us with songs of deliverance, songs of victory. If you want to grow in your experience of it, you need to acknowledge God's love. You need to sing about it. You need to talk about it. And you need to express your love toward God. It puts you in a position to receive more from Him. We don't just want to know about the love of God. We also need to experience it. It's like if you read through a cookbook, it's great to read through a cookbook and learn and see, oh, that's how you put that together. Man, that's how you mix it together. Oh, that's a great idea. Do you know what's even better than reading through a cookbook? Enjoying the food. (laughs) that's based off of what you saw that was really good in the cookbook. Too many Christians know the cookbook but have never experienced the food. I'll say that again. Too many Christians know the cookbook backwards and forward but have never experienced the food of the cookbook. God doesn't want you to just know that he loves you. He wants you to experience it. And tonight we've been sharing about how to put yourself in a position to receive God's love and experience it on a daily basis. So as I said, we build our faith in his love by his word. We grow in our experience through acknowledgement and relationship. Now, if we consistently apply both of these areas of the love of God, when we're talking about our faith and knowing the love of God, we will build a positive mental stronghold. So if we know, understand, recognize our of by observation and by experience and believe, adhere to, and put faith in and rely on the love that God cherishes for us, we will build a positive mental stronghold. Now, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I talked about this earlier in the year because if you wanted to have victory this year and experience what God had, you had for you, you need to build positive mental strongholds. So we'll do a brief review on that and show how it connects to where I really want to go tonight. Really, this is just a really long introduction to a statement I want to make at the end. So 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh or though we live in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. Every weapon God has given, you is mighty, meaning it has power to do something. What is it to do something? To the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Pulling down or casting down. Both of these words means demolition. Pulling down and casting down means demolition. The word strongholds was used to describe a castle, a fortress, anything on which one relies. It was used to describe a castle, a fortress, anything on which one relies. In the first first century, a Roman named Seneca used it to describe an argument. So it wasn't just something physical someone could lean on or rely on, it was even philosophical. The word imagination here means reasoning or thought. The word imagination here means re- reasoning or thought. The f- two words high thing means an elevated place or an elevated structure. The word high thing means an elevated place or an elevated structure. So as we shared earlier this year, and you can find more about this right now is currently in the Faith Builder series. A stronghold in your mind can be a mentality, a philosophy, or even an identity. A stronghold in your mind can be a mentality, a philosophy, or even an identity. It may be an argument for a set course of actions. A stronghold may be an argument for a set course of actions. It is a mental process or philosophy on which the person relies, depends on, trusts in, and has confidence in. I'm going to read all that one more time. A strong code in your mind can be a mentality, a philosophy, or even an identity. It may be a strong code for a set course of actions. It is a mental process or philosophy on which the person relies, depends on, trusts in, and has confidence in. Knowing this, we can say there are godly strongholds and ungodly strongholds. Because of that definition, that study we just did, we can easily say there are godly strongholds and there are ungodly strongholds. I like this qu- quote from Pastor Mac Hammond. He said, Your success in this life will depend on the strongholds you build for yourself and occupy. Your success in this life will depend on the strongholds you build for yourself and occupy and one of the strongholds i'm helping you build tonight a godly stronghold is in the belief the mentality the philosophy of how much god loves you to where you identify as loved by god well who are you loved by god no no tell me somebody i'm loved by god it because becomes your argument for a set course of actions It becomes your mental process and philosophy that you rely on, depend on, trust and have confidence in. It becomes your mentality. And I want to let you know that this is a mentality or a stronghold that you must build if you want to see unprecedented victory in this last part of the year. Now, I've gotten a lot of testimonies from people about manifestations of victory and restoration of the goodness of God they've received. But I'm telling you, there's more for you this year. There's more for you before the year's out. But if you wanna receive it, you have to occupy the stronghold of the love of God. If you want to receive it, you have to occupy the stronghold of the love of God and see yourself as loved by God. Not say, oh yeah, pastor is loved by God. That missionary is loved by God. Oh yeah, super spiritual person over there is loved by God. No, you are loved by God. Say, I am loved by God. Put this in the chat. Say, I identify as loved by God. Go ahead, put that in the chat. I identify as loved by God. You may need to even wake up in the morning and point at yourself and say, hey, you, you're loved by God. Until it seeks in and every time you see yourself, you see a person who's loved by God. So leading me to this, we must trust in his love. Go with me to Psalm 36 verse 7. We must trust in his love. Psalm 36 verse 7. Go with me there. I'm gonna read it from the King James. Psalm 36, verse 7. It says, How excellent is your loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. Why do people put their trust in God? Because his loving kindness. And that's the word mercy. Because, as we said before, it's his loving kindness, his steadfast love, his unfailing love. It's the idea of faithful love and action. It's his loving kindness expressed through his covenant relationship. It denotes persistent and unconditional tenderness, kindness, and mercy. It is a relationship in which God seeks after man with love and mercy. It is a covenant love with obligation, generosity, loyalty. This word shows God's strength, his steadfastness, his love, his determination to bless you. So trust in his love. Trust God because you know he loves you. It's hard to trust people if you don't know their motives. If you don't know how they really feel about you, what they really think about you. But you know what God thinks about you. You know what he feels about you. You know that he loves you. So because he loves you, trust him. Trusting is more than just a moment of faith or faith confession. It is a lifestyle. It's consistent decisions throughout the day, every day, week after week, month after month, year after year, decade after decade trusting God. God told me to do it this way. That's how I'm going to do it. Why? I trust him. Well, Why do you trust him? He loves me. And he's proven it over and over again. He's been faithful in his love. I trust him. Yeah, I may not understand it all. You know what? That does not make sense to me. But I trust him. Walking around Jericho all those times did not make sense to Joshua. But he trusted God. You may be doing some things that yeah, people in your family or circumstance. That doesn't make sense to us. But you know that you know that this is what God told you to do. Keep your faith in God. Trust him. And have faith in his love. Trust his love for you. Let that affect your outlook on life and the decisions you make every single day. How excellent is your loving kindness, O oh God. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. Now, this leads me to a couple of weeks ago I was on vacation with my family. You know, we're celebrating my birthday and my uh, two, now three-year-old's birthday and so our birthdays are really close and we decided to take this impromptu family road trip. I was in Michigan with our family and I spoke at their youth camp up there and then we took a road trip and we went to the east. So we went to New York and a couple of those days we were in New York City and we went to Times Square and if you've ever been to Times Square there are advertisements for everything everywhere. It's bright, it's loud, it's alive all hours of the day, all hours of the night and so you know looking at Of looking around taking all the sites in and there was this advertisement campaign from the Wall Street Journal and when I saw it it spoke to me I knew I had to share it with you it said trust your source trust your decisions trust your source trust your decisions you know it spoke to me this way if we really trust our source where we're getting our information from that's what it was talking about them, of course, their paper, their website. But for us as believers, if we trust God as our source, we can trust the decisions we make because those decisions are based off his word. Those decisions are based off the leading of his spirit. Those decisions are based off of his love. If we really trust our source, meaning we really believe that God's best has our best interest in mind because he loves us. We can have confidence in the decisions that we make that are based off of his leading, his guiding and his word. Why? We trust our source. And now we're not just trusting our source and, you know, you know, is what God told me to do. Whatever. I just did it. No, we expect miracles. We expect something good to happen to us. We expect victory. We expect to triumph. We expect breakthrough. We expect healing. We expect provision. We expect that wow factor, those signs and wonders that cause people to stand in awe at the awesomeness of our God. Trust your source trust your decisions. On the inside he's leading, you. Make some decisions. You can have confidence in those decisions because your source told you to do so. And your source, the almighty God, the all-powerful God, the one who's more than enough, never runs out. He gives you richly all things to enjoy. He does all these things because he loves you. So let him lead you and guide you tonight and this week. Grow in your understanding and your observation and your experience of God's Love for you. So some questions for you as we wrap this up. Has the love of God affected your decision making? Has the love of God impacted your expectation? If it hasn't, it should. And if it has, it should impact it even more. Expect miracles because God loves you. Expect His supernatural intervention because he loves you. Expect to win in life because he loves you loves you. It's as simple as that. So let's say it one more time. Put it in the chat. Say, God loves me. One more time. Say, God loves me. Yes, he does.